Hey everybody, thank you so much for checking out today's episode of Coming Up In My Sneakers. Today we have Marina Billinghurst, who is the owner of Art of Marina. Um, and she's best known for her hand-painted watercolor art. It's been seen in uh, traditional art as well as fashion. So welcome. Thank you, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks so much for coming. Uh, I can't wait to learn all about you. So uh, I'm just gonna jump right in. Where were you born? I was born in Vancouver, British Columbia, oh, Canada. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. And where and raised out there too? Yeah, I was raised on the North Shore, West Van. Um, and I moved when I was eighteen. So Oh yeah. nice. So oh my gosh, I like barely have been to Vancouver. I've been to like the border, but obviously what? I know. I, it's so embarrassing. But I just feel like when you, mm -hmm. I want like when I'm so getting away. ready to travel, like <laughs> I wanna like leave Canada. You know what I totally. mean? Totally. And it's and expensive. it's so expensive. it's stupid expensive. I know, I like barely go home. Uh, yeah, it's so embarrassing. Anyway, yeah. I am embarrassed to admit that, but um <laughs> That's okay. You're not the only one. So many people. Like, I want to go to, like, Mexico or something or, like, Europe. You got to go to Mexico yeah. <laughs> before Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but that's awesome. So uh, what was it like growing up there? Oh, it was absolutely beautiful. Um, mountains, ocean. I actually miss it every day. Um, just the, like, scenery. It's so pretty. Like, when I go back, I'm, like, in the car going, I can't believe I grew up here and didn't even know how beautiful it was. So I do miss like snowboarding. Since I've moved here, I haven't even gone once. No way. Yeah, it's just incomparable. Well, exactly. And to go to Blue Mountain, it's like a joke. And the, the runs right. are so short. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's amazing here too. And it's different, but it's um, it's just more of a sport. I, I felt like it was more like yoga, um, trails, hiking, and like more of that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. I hear you. And I do miss the West Coast vibes just because it's like super laid back and here everyone's like, go, 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 yeah. go. And part of me is like, yeah, sometimes I just want to be laid back. For sure. <laughs> but I also am a go, go, go. So It's funny that you say that because like I've heard that my whole life as well, except I've never actually lived in it. And mm -hmm. parts of me, I'm like, oh, I kind of would want that like chill. But then I'm like, I don't know. I'm so go, go, go to my core that like, me I don't too. know if I could, you know. It's like in my blood and veins and bones. Yeah. Like, I have to be doing stuff all the time. And even when I go on vacation, I like use it <laughs> for Instagram and yeah, for like yeah. my work now. So it's like, oh, I can do a photo shoot here and like, totally. you know, I can combine my worlds that way. Amazing. Um, and did you have siblings or anything growing up? I sure did. Um, there's four of us. Oh, fun. So I have an older sister, a younger sister, and a younger brother. I'm number two. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. And um, growing, were you always artistic from like birth? From the day I was born. Wow. Yeah. Who else in your family, like did anybody influence you or did you sort of find it? Um, I had an uncle on my grandmother, a great uncle, or what is it called when it's your grandmother's brother? Is that a great, great uncle? uncle? Yes. Yeah. So my great uncle was an amazing artist, like sculptor, painter, like chef he like lived in New York and San Francisco he was really cool and he really inspired me when I was young and gave me like Degas books and Cezanne and like taught me about art um, but other than that there's not an artistic bone in anybody in my family wow. my mother my mom she sewed all of our clothes and she, but not, not drawing okay so she was sewing and cooking and my grandmother too has like music in her blood and stuff and my grandfather was like a, he sang and played the guitar but um, yeah 
Nice. Yeah. So like like traditional painting, like you just kind of got that. I just got obsessed with it. Nice. I, I think, you know, that's part of talent is passion. It's like when you, I was a kid, I just wanted to like lock myself in the room and paint things until I got better at it. Do you remember the first sort of like memory of experiencing that? Like wanting mm-hmm. to lock yourself in a room and just paint? Yeah, the first like big one, I think when I was in grade eight, I remember locking myself in my room and painting a wall of sunflowers on my wall in my room. Oh, wow. And Were your parents cool with it or did they have no idea? stoked. She nice. was like, this is amazing. <laughs> so she's like, you should get like people to hire you to do this. And I was like, I, I was terrified to even do it in my own room. But I just like was like, screw it. And just painted Whatever. one day with the, like, with the doors closed. And I was always like that, like hiding from people when I painted. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you remember why that was? No idea. I When I started dating my boyfriend slash now husband um he one of our first dates he knew I was an artist and he invited me to paint live at this like RDS skateboard thing and so I was like terrified and it was like the first time I painted live and I actually painted a huge canvas and it was so liberating oh wow and I ended up painting live at the 2010 Olympics oh my god and it was like nuts because I like I didn't know that I had it in me I was so scared to let other people see my process right because it would there was a fear in being an artist, you know, like some singers have stage fright, but they're really amazing singers. Like you yeah. just have to kind of break through and that's what the journey's all about. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a super vulnerable sort of place as well because yeah, like maybe you're shit and like you mm-hmm. thought you're good this whole time or like that's very and intense And you have good sing, days but and like, bad days. Yeah. Like exactly. some days I bang out 10 paintings and I'm like, damn. And then other days I'm like, okay, I need to find another job. Yeah. yeah like it's just yeah. not working. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. So after that mural that you painted, like, did you even tell anybody or your mom just walked in your room and she was like, holy shit. Well, I asked my mom, I was like, can I get paints that I can paint on my wall? And she said, what are you going to paint? And I'm like, I think I want to paint sunflowers. So I kind of told her, but she was like, okay. And like, I was the kind of person that you couldn't ask, like, when is it going to be done? Like, when are you doing this? Well, how's it going? Don't ask me. Right. It's like, don't cut my creative don't energy. Don't fuck with my process. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom, all she did was support me and get me what I needed and leave me the fuck alone. Oh, nice. And then I had the paints and I just did it. And it was great. And I remember like just being so proud of my room when friends came over in high school you know being like this is my room and it's so cool and I ended up painting a mural for like my friend's daughter in her room and that was pretty special oh that's amazing Mm -hmm. what did your siblings and your dad say about your room oh I mean they just were like Marina's crazy like she does whatever she wants and and, uh, but everyone knew that I was super passionate about art so my whole family like always kind of supported me in that aspect cool did you do any um like from there did you do any sort of like extracurricular activities I was like art a, stuff so no I was more into sports actually oh, I grew okay. up being an athlete I was really competitive athlete and from like really young what so sports? volleyball tennis um, those were like key ones. I played basketball too, but I didn't like other people touching me. And I was really <laughs> tall, so I always had the big, like, crazy check. Right, right. And I was right. like, oh God, don't touch, touch me. You. <laughs> like, the armpit in my face. And I'm just so, like, a private space person. Yeah, like, I, I can't. And so I, I didn't love basketball. I but I liked that. watching guys play it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm with you there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's interesting. So you, your art was like sort of just like on the low. Like... My art was on the side just I was like a natural athlete, right? So I honestly, this is so weird that the conversations led to this, but I, I thought I was going to go to like UCLA and play volleyball oh, or, okay. or tennis. And I applied to some, I did my um, 
SATs and I got into like a bunch of, of universities to, to play sports. Oh, nice. Um, but randomly, I got kicked off my volleyball team in grade 12. For what? I just had a conflict with the coach. Stop. And I was like, when I was in grade 7, I played in the grade 8 team and I was always like accelerated. Right. Um, but in grade, and maybe that was a bad thing. Sometimes I think, you know, keep kids in their class. I don't know. I'm not a parent, but... Because, like, that made me feel like I was better than everybody. Yes. And I think that was bad. But also, I'm, I'm not upset about it because it brought me to the career that I'm supposed to be in. Right. It's interesting that you say that because I was a year ahead in school. And mm-hmm. I also now, again, I'm not a parent, like you said, mm-hmm. as well. But I have, I don't really think they put kids ahead very much anymore. But I've, con- like, people have asked me, they're like, would you do that with your kids? And I'm like, I don't think so because... Like, you're really young graduating. Like, I was mm-hmm. barely 16 graduating um, wow. grade 12. And the biggest problem is if your parents aren't in touch with what they've done, yeah. then you're really fucked. Because I remember totally. my dad always being like, you know, you're 14 years old. And I'm like, but I don't give a shit. I'm in grade 10 or 11, whatever it was. And all of my friends who are 15 and 16 are allowed to do this. And that's your fault, not mine. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? And so, so true. It, so I think you kind of run into those issues. I don't know, maybe if you experienced that with like sports. Like, well, on a similar level, I remember hating um, my parents because... I mean, I hated them. But yeah, like but having like, like teenage girl weekends, hate. Yeah. I went to go snowboarding with my friends, but I couldn't because I was in a tennis tournament. And if oh, I won right. the game, it meant that I would have to play on the Saturday and I wouldn't be able to go to Whistler and go snowboarding. Right. So there were many times when I like, I don't know if I intentionally forfeited because I was competitive and I wanted to win, but I had like a teeter-totter of, I just want to be a kid. And yeah. sports for my parents, for my dad, Eastern European, like, he's like Anna Kornikova. Like, he wanted me to, like, have oh, right. so much success. And, I mean, love you, Dad. But And I probably could have, but I think everybody's destiny, they have to want it on their own. Yeah. And I just didn't know that I was good. And I didn't really care because I wanted to be a kid and do other things. Yeah, I completely, um, right? like, relate to that a thousand percent. But other kids, they want to. Like, Wayne Gretzky, I mean, yeah. he wanted to. and. You know, all also, I think maybe for you to look, like, this is just a speculation. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like if you were in even soccer is there's more of like a direct like it's like Olympics and this mm-hmm. like with tennis and volleyball. Like, like, yeah, I don't know. Different. Can you make a career? I'm sure you can in the States. I was, my my uh, hero was um, there was a volleyball player named Gabrielle Reese and she oh. was on MTV and she had a house of fashion and I was always obsessed with fashion, too. Oh, OK. So I was like, ooh, maybe if I do become a volleyball player, I can move to Malibu and, like, Newport Beach, California and be like Gabrielle Reese, right? Because right. she was super cool. Right, And right, she right. still is pretty cool. Um, but anyway, so but so I always had that kind of, like, art side to me. Yeah. But I never really tuned in because you're so young. And I was hiding my paintings in my bedroom and then going to volleyball practice. <laughs> right? So it's like a complicated Closeted time. artist. In grade 12, though, I um, came up with the idea to make the, the tracksuits. For the volleyball team. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah, because it was like everything was so ugly, and they had the tearaways and stuff. But I wanted it to be like cool and girly, and I loved fleece, so I made these like fleece tracksuits for everybody, and they all paid me. That's Great. amazing. I know. It was, did awesome. your, was it sort of like become like a mandatory thing? Did your coach just say like, "Hey, everyone guys, I have to had buy to this? buy them"? <laughs> I, that's I think it was optional, but I think everyone actually wanted them because Watch. I made a I made a sweater and these like flared fleece plant pants for me. And when you played volleyball, you had the knee pads on, right? Right. So you had to be able to like, and flares were cool in the nineties, yes, right? Absolutely. So I had these like flared fleece pants, and then somebody else was like, "Ooh, make me a pair, make me a pair." 
there and then we had them as the, the team. That's so cool. And so did you have any sewing background at that time? My mother was an amazing sewer. Oh, we were like Destiny's Child. Like she would make our outfits <laughs> and like everyone had the same fabric but a different design for I my three sisters. Love that. Like they were so awesome. <laughs> and I we fucking hated them. Sorry, mom. Because like you know, like it's your mom making yeah, it for you. And, and they were, and she'd have fittings for us, and we'd be like, "Oh, like I'm watching like Say by the Bell." Like, yeah, I don't want to do this right now. <laughs> so she would do our fit, and she just sewed and sewed. And honestly, my mom should have been the fashion designer. Wow, when I think about it, because she was just so gifted at sewing and just had this vision of like creating her own designs. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So you had like all the tools and everything that you needed yeah. at home. And did everything. she help you with the tracks? She did. She did. She helped me with the pattern and like like with measuring the fabric and, you know, how to use the machine. Amazing. And she was really so patient. Aww. She's very chill. Like nice. I have my dad in me and my mom's like super chill, super chill and like go with the flow. And my dad's like. Your dad's Polish, right? You said Croatian. Croatian. Oh, Croatian. That's right. Yeah. But my mom, like her mother was a sewer too and. So, anyways, I inherited that from her. But I never was, I'm going to be honest, I was never, like, really crazy about sewing. I did it, and I loved making things. Like, I would make pencil cases and backpacks and um, cool bags to carry accessories in. And, you know, I always wanted to make my Halloween costumes. But it was later that I realized what my place was in the industry. Right. And it wasn't like, oh, I want to make the perfect pin tuck and like yeah. so to perfection the pleats galore like no thanks yeah <laughs> like, I'll leave that to the people who want to do like that like the construction people yeah I'm not yeah. a construction person I'm yeah. an airy fairy flowy nice. you know just drapey kind of girl nice um so you were kicked off your volleyball team so did you end up going to university then or so I guess you had to it be was so serendipitous like I was so like I still probably have issues from getting kicked off my volleyball team but the reality is is that I was had art class in the afternoon, I think the same day or whatever. And my art teacher, Miss Sunday, was the coolest art teacher in the whole <laughs> world. Like honestly, she was so cool. And she the whole school had heard what happened. What did happen? Can you tell me? Like the issue? I, I just got kicked off. He just didn't like me. He was like, You're bringing down the team, which I, I was such a team player, but there's there's conflicts in coaches and students yeah. all the time, and I'm very like vocal. And very strong. So I couldn't have somebody, now when I look back, no one could really tell me what to do. And maybe right. that was bad. Maybe that was good. I was on the, that, you travel with your team for years, right? Okay, yeah. So um, in grade 12, we'd already been together for so long. And it was hard on the team too, I'm sure. Right? So I don't know if I agree with it. Coaches are, you know. Yeah. whole entity of it's like it's hard for them too but it was so it was like a personality thing there wasn't like something that happened I didn't then. do anything like it wasn't like Marina like you know punched did a girl drugs in the face. or like yeah, yeah no, no. okay um <laughs> <laughs> for, for real it was just conflict and 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 to be honest maybe I was done with it and maybe that was my way of yeah saying I'm not gonna go to like UCLA or whatever um and then I went to art class and my art teacher just handed me this book and she goes, take this home to your mom and dad and have a conversation. And I think we should do an application to Parsons. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I took the book home. And my mom and Miss Sunday had talked in parent-teacher interviews. And my mom was like, oh, I want you to go there. This is what I want you to do. And the beautiful thing about Parsons is that it's a foundation year is your first year. So you get to explore all realms of 
realms of art before you choose your major. You you pick your major. What a logical thing. Right? <laughs> and it's so cool. Like foundation year was probably my favorite year. And I remember I, I got accepted into the fashion program and Okay, so you went for fashion and not like just normal art. I went for fashion design. Okay, cool. And, and what made you pick that? I wanted to be a fashion designer. Yeah, okay. I didn't, because I, I thought I, because I liked sewing, blah, blah, blah. I just wanted to make bridal gowns and like Oscar dresses for people. Like it was all, you know, fantasy yeah. as, a, as a young girl. Nice. And, and this is Parsons, New York. Parsons, correct? Okay. New York. I had gone there um, for my interview because um, I'm that kind of person. It's like, well, if I'm going to go there, I'm going to go to the school and check it out. So yeah. there was a school trip to New York and I took my portfolio and I went there and I like knocked on the door and I said I wanted to apply. And they were like laughing at me because it's like, who does that? Who yeah. makes an appointment? And I brought I I brought my artwork in like a portfolio thing all the way to New York, and uh, I met this guy and he was like, your work's fabulous. And he was so he was like, oh, I just love it. And I was like, really? And he's like, you still have to apply. And he was like, wink, wink. So I I applied, and then I remember I have such happy memories of my mom and brother like running into my room with a fat envelope from Parsons and like jumping Aww. on my bed and I was like, hey, I got in. So it was like the only school I applied for. <laughs> oh my God, and you got in. That's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, so it was like meant to be. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And so do you, is that a four-year program? Four-year program. Okay, so this is where it gets kind of crazy. Okay. Um, I went to New York. I did foundation and I immediately knew I wanted to be a fashion illustrator. Which is what? Drawing fashion, like portraits. Okay. fashion design paintings like illustration so it's like but I couldn't because I'd already ch chosen fashion design as my major oh you can't change you can but I remember telling my like mom and dad that we had to go to Woolman Rink in Manhattan and paint people skating and I just found so much joy in that experience nice because you're supposed to pick electives in your first year to explore like maybe try architecture Maybe try, you know, um, cinematography or some other industrial design. So I basically was like, I want to do illustration. And I just used my illustration to help my fashion design. But I actually didn't go into illustration as my major because when I called my parents, I was like, I'm thinking about illustration instead. And they're like, what the hell is an illustrator? <laughs> like, what does that pay? Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, Oh, and no. it was like not illustration wasn't really the thing at that time and it still kind of is Instagram has helped it but yeah um, I was like okay I'll just stick to fashion and I did I did the four-year program and it was so many things um, fashion design is like pattern making draping illustration um, portfolio design like so many things so I um, yeah I just sort of went for it amazing yeah so, and your parents were like, okay, like, I guess, like, or you just kind of did it? I just kind of did it, but I, I knew, like, I was getting A's in all my model drawing classes and all my, anything to do with the illustration side, and, like... Okay, so you're obviously good at it. I was good at that, but I struggled at pattern making. I'm mm. not a math person. not going to pretend Patterns are another language. They're so Hard. tough. Yeah. You either have that side of your brain or you don't. And yeah. I, I got through when I was a good student. I got through all those things. But I remember loving draping, taking a piece of fabric, throwing it over the form, pinning it here, making it look gorgeous. But the minute I had to take that off and make, translate it into a pattern, like, yeah. I was destroyed. Yeah. It was like, no. So I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is, like, for me. But I'm like, I'll just figure out my way of doing it. So I would make basic dresses and then 
the crazy thing is that back in the day, like there wasn't digital textile printing and you would go to the fabric store and you could buy fabric that other people made, but I always wanted to still make my own fabric. Ooh. And so I would draw shapes, iron them onto this like bounding stuff and um, applique my designs onto my dresses. Oh, wow. So I make my own fabric based on like applique. It was so much work. Wait, so what exactly is applique? Like, so um, I can't remember what the fusion sticky stuff is, but I essentially draw on this paper and then I would iron it to fabric and then cut oh, it okay. out and then it would stick onto the garment and then I would hand, or no, I would actually machine stitch the whole thing over top. Oh, wow. And that was sort of like my what my thesis was going to be. Um, and that's how I kind of knew that my whole concept had to do with like embellishment. So it was either embroidery or applique. And I had my senior year was complicated because I went to Paris for the Parsons Paris Exchange program. Oh, amazing. And when I was in Paris, 9-11 happened. Do you know what's so weird? I was just going to ask you what, I was literally going to interrupt you and be like, quickly, what years were you in thing for? So, okay. Yeah. So, so I like was 2000, 2001. I or think I guess it, 98 to 2001 or when? I went to Parsons in 99. 99. Okay. And it was 2001. I was sitting oh my in God. my school room with all my New York friends. And what are the odds that that is the one year that you are not in New York? It's totally bonkers. That's insane. But it kind of screwed me up a whole bunch. Okay. Sorry. Tell um, me. Just because I was in, um, I like remember that day, like there was nine of us in our concept class and it was very small classes in Paris. It was amazing. Best thing I ever did for like my fashion skills. Um, but we were in the classroom and there it was on the TV, like, and all my friends that came to Paris with me were from New York. Yeah. So like some of the family in the, in the world trade and like, oh, just, I was immediately homesick. I was yeah. like, I want to go home now because I was like scared that they were going to bomb the, the Eiffel Tower and I lived right yeah. next door to it. Like, well, they started evacuate, like they evacuated the CN Tower. They started mm -hmm. doing that because they had no idea. Like, what, is something else going to be next? Like, we yeah. no one knew at the time. And it was hard. I remember just like I had so many people that were affected, and I just was like something ha something in me switched. I was like, I just want to go home. And the whole year I was homesick. I remember oh, just shit. being like, I want to go home. I want to go home. And then I did go home and my friends like called me and were like, okay, so are we going to get this place together? And I was like, I'm not coming back to New York. Oh, and it was crazy because most people wouldn't, I was like New York all the way. Yeah. But most, um, most, and now my girlfriends were like, don't give up on your dream. Like you have to do this. And then I had a phone call from a friend who I went to high school with, and she's like, hey, um, have you thought about, since you're not going back to New York, have you thought about applying for Vancouver Fashion Week? They have this new and upcoming designer category. And I was Ooh. like, hmm, like, maybe I should do that because I have my whole thesis that I have to do next year so I can just do it for Vancouver Fashion Week. So wait, were you, so you were not going back to New York cause, and you were not going to finish school? At this point, I had called the school and I had asked to, because of the what happened in New York, I was like, is there any way I can just take a year off? And they were like, absolutely. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Was the school impacted at all, like structurally? Like, was it close to, like, I don't know where Parsons is in relation to where the trade um, towers There are. was a new dorm that was down in that area. Um, but no, it wasn't like, it wasn't near the, the, my school. My school was in Times Square, practically. Oh, okay. The fashion okay. building okay. was 42nd and 7th. It's no longer there anymore. 2013, they moved everything to like 14th Street. Okay. In like Union Square area. Um, 
and they've changed the building. So we'll get to that. Okay. That's right. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Look at me. I'm like directing. No, no, no. I, this is perfect. I, I, it's absolutely perfect. I just wanted, like, I was curious about that. I just was wondering, but no, mm. this is great. Continue. <laughs> yeah. So I got the call to come in and do the interview to see if I could get into Vancouver Fashion Week. And I just remember feeling really good because the guy was like, his eyes were like blown when he saw my croaky book. And, and you're coming from Parsons. I was coming from Parsons and the whole kind of concept that I had of the applicating onto these dresses. Um, you know, most people went to Fabriclands and they bought their garment and they said, and they, you know, whatever. So <clears throat> I, um, I did this whole theme and it was really fun and I won. Thank you for fashion. We kept becoming designer of the year and I won a trip to the magic show in Vegas. Oh my God. They offer Matt. Okay. Oh, this on. was like, okay. This was like back in the day. I was going to say, yeah. The, where's his budget now? But yeah. I know. It was crazy. That's, and I didn't even, I don't think I had to pay to be in it because I was like in the new. You were like a student, maybe? Yeah. Or? I was like a new and upcoming category. Now they, they called me the other day to like be in Vancouver Fashion Week and I'm like, I'd rather buy a house. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Honest to like, God. Crazy. It's, I can't believe it. So hold on. Just so, I, so everyone knows, um, so for this category, did you have to like essentially audition your designs and then they would yeah. pick one and then you showed in the show? Uh, no. So you just presented your collection. So you just sent in your croquis and like a sample of one of your garments and you came in for an interview and then they're like, okay, if you're in it, um, if you get accepted to show, then um, it was me and like 25 other designers. Oh, wow. So they did like um, the runway and... I remember like cameras were there and it was really exciting and <clears throat> I put my collection on and I, I think there were two rounds for some reason. Did you have to, um, like, did you have enough looks for all of your models? I did. did. You have to, oh, you did. Okay, good. I had like six looks. Oh, and um, that's all, I guess there wasn't a minimum because you're like a new Yeah, we were design. new, so right. it was like a little collection. Um, I, I think there was six or eight and, um, yeah, and I had like every, like the, the shocking end gown and nice. then the like little cuter outfits and pants and and the whole all the looks were in there and then my color palette and like I was always good at telling the story that's really important I think so I as a viewer like not as a fashion designer as a viewer mm -hmm. I am so much more engaged in a show when there is a story and when you can tell that there's a message. Absolutely. And I, there's another designer uh, in Toronto, Leslie Hampton, who's mm -hmm. really, really good at that. And ironically, she also did Vancouver Fashion Week as oh, no she's the only other person that I know that did like the new yeah, designer that's thing. So crazy. And it's weird because that was the first thing she told me too. She was like, I was really good at like telling the story or whatever. Oh my gosh, which, that's so funny. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, her work's amazing. Yeah, I've okay. Seen so you work, yes. Yeah. Just so, through like community stuff like um being connect and connected to the same people and her like her success has been very inspiring yeah so um yeah I, but yeah I, that's really important I think sorry yeah I told my story and, and what was it so randomly enough <laughs> my best friend at the time like I still wrote like amazing friend um was First Nations okay so I did like a whole her and me kind of story and I love animals so I took like the, the aesthetic of First Nations and I created like flamingos and like different animals and that kind of you know beautiful style that they have and I covered them all over the dresses and Hannah and me became partners and my brand at the time was called Malakuya which is like so like two, 20 years ago but um what does that mean? It means little bitch in Croatian. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't like negative. It was actually so current to the time now because the whole concept was if don't be afraid to go after what you want. And if that makes me a bitch, then fine. Yeah. And this was like 20-year-old me. Wow. Good for you. Which is so crazy because 
female empowerment was just not even existing then. And I was already kind of trying to push that envelope. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so anyway, I had bright colors and I shot it at the like Capilano Suspension Bridge, the lookbook. And, you know, it was really like BC coast um, and just like a lot of nature involved in it. Amazing. Yeah, I'm still proud of that collection, and I had like really great illustrations for it. And uh, it sounds like it would be very successful today. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd probably have to collab with Leslie Hamilton on it though. Yeah, <laughs> just because I'm not First Nations or Native by any means at all. Just a Vancouver girl. Nice. Um, but yeah, so from there, I had lots of crazy success in Vancouver. So I was super young. And sorry, quickly tell, why were you sent to a magic show in Vegas? Oh, so the magic (laughs) show is like the big trade show that was like the first one. Oh my God. Yeah. You're talking about magic. Magic. I'm thinking of like a David Copperfield (laughs) magic show. I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do? Oh my God. That's literally what, that's what I was like, okay, I need to, I was at the prize. Like, Mm. okay, mad. That makes so much sense. Yeah, no, it's so funny when I tell people like, what are you doing in August? And like, oh, I'm going to magic. And then like oh like like a magic show I'm like yeah there's like David Copperfield and like all kinds of cool people I love that shit yeah you're just like fucking okay, with that sure okay yeah sure. so anyway I got to go there as like a 20 year old because I was super young when I also dropped out of school and did this thesis right right so I think I was like I just turned 21 okay. and I was in Vegas and oh my gosh it was amazing so I got to go and Maroon 5 was like playing at the, the swimming pool at the Mandalay Bay or it was like Hard Rock one of the hotels and I was like so young and I remember being like obsessed with them at that time like it was cr- and like I was like touching them in the pool and then just all the celebrities that were at the the magic show so I can't remember them all now but like everybody had a line right nice. so you would just walk through and see all these like famous people and it was just crazy and I and I was just going there to see the show as like I'm a designer now so like what would I make and what would I do right. and um I walked around there just like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and was like so excited about what I would what my booth would look like and what I wanted to do and of course I still did way too much at that time because when I had like my collection I did tons of stuff but I always resonated with like resort wear and oh, okay. I knew that that's what I wanted to do, and that's what I, kind of what I do now. And so how did, like, why resort wear? Like, did you just, like... I love, again, I don't love big tailored stuff. Um, right. To make, Flowing. I love to admire other designers, and I'm, there's nothing that excites me more than watching the Oscars and what they wear and, like, seeing, you know, like, you know, McQueen's work back in the day and just, like, everything. Like, I love it, and I love going to fashion museums. But for me, like, it doesn't mean that I want to make that. Right. So I like to wear silky things like cool moo-moos yeah, <laughs> like, yeah yeah you know like the ropers like you know just like easy stuff because for me it's a now that I'm almost 40 it's a big pretty much like showcase of my prints amazing but like, that took forever to get there like this it, the road is for me has been very long because I've always wanted to do it all yeah and it wasn't until I honed in on to what actually made me the happiest and that's how I got into print and pattern textile design nice also like that's such a unique thing like who is really out there telling like I feel your pain a little bit like I don't know exactly but I I always joke around like 
I'm like, fuck, I wish I just wanted to be a doctor. Cause like, mm-hmm. it's just such a simple, not simple that they don't work hard, but like, and it's really hard. At but least, yes. yeah, but at least like it's been done thousands of times. So it's like step one is apply to school. Step mm-hmm. two, there's a do checklist. this. Like, it's just, you know, the steps and there's not like the, all this trial and error and bullshit that you have to like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like in the arts and especially like so unique what you do, it's like, right. who the fuck's going to tell you? You know, oh, do this. Like, you just have to make your own path, which is great. So great. But, like, probably. (laughs) But discouraging. And how many times I thought to switch careers. And I did, actually, after the fall of Malakuya. I, uh, so what happened there? Like, did you just sort of... Well, I had some some massive success. So I ended up getting a booth at Magic and Pool. The and following Project. year? Yeah, the, okay. for two, three more years after that. And I got tons of orders. And I, my sister, who was 24 at the time, was my business partner. And she, like, ran the whole company. And we did not know what we were doing. We, My parents weren't like, okay, you need to get, like, a business advisor. We just set up shop. We had a store in Yaletown. I was on Canada's Next Top Model as a designer. Oh, no well, I had tons of accolades. And I did not – we did not know what we were doing. Other right. than the fact that I was designing stuff that people wanted. Which and then, is the most important Amazing. Thing. And I'll never, like, be ashamed of – I, that I designed great things and I stood true to myself and what I wanted to create and I was real with and my design. this was resort wear at that time as well? Yeah, so I had a really great connection with Bali in Indonesia. So my mother had a furniture business in Croatia. So she, when I won the award and went to Vegas, she's like, come with me. Let's go to let's go to Indonesia. Like you got to see the fashion industry there. So we went mm. to Jakarta, and I remember going to this like seventeen floor mall of just factories. And my mom's friend, who helped her with her furniture development, was like, "Oh yeah, what do you got?" And I actually just wore the clothes that I made. So I ended up going to like these factories, and I would honestly like take my clothes off, and they would be making patterns. And then my mom shipped when one of her containers all my clothes that I had designed, and we opened up a store in Yaletown. Oh, nice. That's perfect. It was crazy. But I wasn't, like, we didn't have a budget. We didn't have, like, you know, a whole thing. We just sort of, like, let's fill this up. So I had this amazing store in Yaletown called Malakuya, and it was beside the Blue Water Cafe. This is in Vancouver, right? Yeah, in Yaletown. And it was the best location because, like, all these fancy people would go for dinner next door, and then they would just troll, like, stroll on into my shop. And we did really well. Like, we sold a ton, and we just didn't know what we were doing. Right. The work got hard was logistics side, um, and I was sort of going into more fashion weeks, and we couldn't get the product, and we didn't have quality control, and so the sizes were coming in wrong, and things were super late, and we got an agent and a rep in LA, and then we didn't have when they finally got the product, it was not what they ordered. So like we didn't we didn't know mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I since then I've learned a lot, right. <laughs> and if I if the person who I am now was there. It would just be a totally different story. But the beautiful thing that I take out of it is that I kind of started in this crazy, unrealistic place, and then I had to start at the bottom again. Right. And work for other people. Interesting. And go back to New York decade, like a decade later. After having like your own success. And when- that was hard. So yeah. the reality is I dropped out of fashion completely for about five years, and I went and became a yoga teacher. I was in a rock band. I lived Stop. in L.A. I lived in Boston. I lived, like, all over the States illegally. <laughs> like, you're not you're the second person that I've had on my podcast that that, that they've also done that. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Because so that, cool. that was my number one question for her. I was like, but how did you do this? She's like, well, I just, like, you know, didn't really have my papers or anything. But I think, too, at the time, like, or I don't know, like, what years was. 
I mean, um, it's obviously like there's I like, look American. Some you know, it's, it's yeah, like not can, that hard. You work into the table. You like work for cash. You just figure it out. I thought I would like the band would like do my papers for me, but it it was kind of tricky. And hold on, okay, so I got to rewind. I just want to know like all these details about these cool <laughs> things. Um, so random. No, it's so cool. So. Um, uh, first of all, when were you on Canada's Next Top Model? Were oh you gosh, still doing it was like two thousand and four or five or something? So when you still when you had your store still? Yes, I still had my store, and that's why they asked me to be on the okay. show. Okay, and will you tell us a little bit about that experience? Oh yeah, it was uh, season one. Oh nice, season one and of Canada's Next Top Model. Awesome. I went to Victoria, and um, they wore my clothes in the final, the finale fashion show. Nice, where they have to do the runway show, and. Um, it was great. I mean, I got to meet all the models and tell them who I think was, you know, you get to give your two cents because they came to me for the go-sees. Uh, I was super young, too. And my stuff was in a store in Victoria, so it kind of worked that the models could do the go-see at the shop that I w- that sold Malakuya. Mm. And uh, we were there for the day, and they'd come in, and we filmed all the stuff. And then I was there for the fashion show. And then, oh, yeah, no, there was two episodes, so there was one with the fashion show, too. So go season and the and the final fashion show. Nice. I, I, I didn't realize it was shot out there in Vancouver. I thought it was the shot. first season. It that for those two episodes. Interesting. It was like episode ten and twelve. That's so funny. Mm. I would just assume. I was also naively, really good friends with um, Seema Kumar. So she uh, she was a stylist. My first job after I dropped out of Parsons. I was working as an assistant stylist for her. Oh, okay. So this is before Vancouver Fashion Week came up to me, and she was crazy celebrity stylist. So I got to work on Nelly Furtado's music videos. And oh, nice. Just, like, super fun stuff. And Sima was awesome, and we were, like, besties. Like, she's she was, at like, 10 years older than me, but I felt like we were the same age. Yeah. She probably didn't, but I was, like, connected to her. And yeah. she was always kind of there for me through the end, through whatever I did. And she was very well connected in the, in the um, stylist world. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So you dabbled. So while you were styling, were you still designing? Like, did you have your oh, absolutely. Brand? Okay, so you're yeah. just kind of like oh no no no. So that was before I launched. Okay. So it was styling, then Fashion Week, and then um, my line kind of took off. Okay, nice. Yeah. And then finally, um, the year or the time that you closed everything down, like what was sort of like the final straw that? Because you were mentioning logistics and quality oh, control. So many things. I. I fell in love with going to Bali, and when we decided to do local manufacturing to be a local designer, they couldn't create what I was designing over there. So they couldn't do the embroideries, they couldn't, the beautiful rayon fabrics that were so innovative at the time, we just didn't have in Vancouver. Um, The price was so ridiculously expensive to sew the stuff in, and for them to to redo my appliques, like I pretty much had to sew all the appliques myself, it was nuts. And um, my sister and I just constantly fought, Mm. my older sister. And so we had a crazy expensive retail boutique and no business plan. Like, obviously, it was never going to (laughs) work. We weren't Paris Hilton and Nikki Hilton. Like, (laughs) we had, like, no more money. And, like, like, you know how the fashion industry works. When people do wholesale orders, like, they pay you after. So you make, you give, and then they'll pay you, maybe. Maybe, yeah. So it's a huge risky business that people can't really dabble with unless they have money. Plus, I, like, I was just, I could, like, my sister and I fought so much that I just ran away. I was also super young. I was yeah. like, okay, I need to go live my life now. Yeah. And just be a kid. Totally. And I did that. And it was it was rebellious, but it was so fun. And I'm so glad I got that out of my system. Yeah. And I feel like you were always wanting that. But then first you had your sports and then you like mm-hmm. jumped into this stuff. And it was like, you're just like, ah. 
I need totally. to just like be like I just need to be like, like fuck off and do whatever you like, want. You know, because I wanted to like you know have go like party and yeah. like, go to a music festival and like fall asleep in the friggin' woods somewhere like kids do, yes. right? And yes. I couldn't do that because I had to do like a fashion show and like you know, publicist and like, I was super young and I was like, this, like, some people love it from a young age, but I was like, no, I'm, this isn't working. Let's, let's move on. Yeah. Interesting. So what was the first thing, like finally you kind of like stopped all that and what was, and you were just like, okay, I'm out of here. Like, where did you go? What did so you do? So I started doing yoga crazy because it was a hard thing to like shut my business down, especially when people are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, bye. Yeah. So I went to yoga, hot yoga, like every single day and became crazy obsessed with it almost to the point where it wasn't good. And I decided to become a Bikram yoga teacher. So I moved to LA, did the teacher training. And when I was in LA, I kind of got like inspired to like, hmm, what am I going to do out here? And I also had like a serious issue with stage fright growing up. So when I became a yoga teacher, it really gave me this crazy confidence to be able to like talk in front of people. And then when I discovered that, I was like, oh, so guess this means I can pull out my guitar and I can sing in front of people too now. <laughs> and had you always known how to play the guitar from when um, you were a kid or? I learned later in life when I moved to New York. So when I was in, okay. when I was in New York, I um, basically had these amazing roommates. One of them was this girl from Argentina who was like my best friend and she played the guitar and we like, formed our first band. Stop. So while we were at Parsons, we would like write singer-songwriter songs and we would stand in front of the grocery store and like... Oh my God! And play the guitar and our, till our fingers were frozen. And she taught me had like the easy chords and I just got obsessed. That is so cool. And so um, did you guys have like an album at all? Or? Not her and I. No, we, we've recorded stuff with our like MacBooks and then um, garage band style. But nice. when I was in the, my next band, I actually got the part in this band. So... I was in LA, came back to Vancouver, and my friends knew this producer in Boston that was looking for a lead singer for this rock band. And it, I've always been like chill music and nice. singer-songwriter style, and this band was heavy rock. But for me, it was like opportunist. Yeah. It was like I can put throw in a costume, and it might be easier if it's not my music. Yeah. So I went for the audition and totally hit it off with the guitarist who was the person who started the band and she's so cool I love her to this day she's such a badass she actually has a very similar voice to you oh really yeah That's like awesome. I, you guys sound the same <laughs> so anyway um yeah so I got the part I moved in I was flown to Indiana to record the album and then I had like a month to get ready to do straight gigging oh which wow was totally bonkers and so you were just uh, always like a natural singer. Did you have to do any sort of like? Ah, uh, no. Uh, I mean, I was always loved singing, but it's a whole different ball game when you become it as a performance artist, right? Because you need to like not eat cheese and do vocal exercises. Otherwise, your voice you blow your vocal cords. Um, I had to practice and get a vocal coach, and it took all the joy out of it for me. Mm. And it, I only lasted in the music industry for I think. 18 months and I was like see you later. later it's not those oh my gosh people who make it in music are like gods yeah because you're performing like it's easy to shoot a video and post it but when you have to like there's a whole stadium full of people and you have to like bring your energy you can't have a bad day yeah because 50 million people are going to post that and be like she sucks live and then, yeah and then not um and also like you your voice has to be good all the time like it's, they're so critical of you and i mean i 
I thought it was the music that I wasn't into, which was so true, but I did write my own songs and I went back to LA and I went to a bunch of open mics and I was like, this is crazy. These people are way too good. So for me, I knew that it wasn't the road I wanted to go down, mm-hmm. but I'm so glad that I tried. Yeah. And then, cause now you definitely know I you're not going to be like, I wish I tried. There was no boxes left unchecked in my life at this point. Nice. Cause I was like, moved to LA, tried to be a rock star. Knew that it wasn't for me, and then I somehow continued to explore my fashion and my art and my painting, and I ended up back in the industry. Amazing. And really quick, did you end up gigging all over? I did. I, well, only in the States. So uh, how many shows did you do? Oh, God. I probably did 100 shows that year. Oh, my God. I was expecting you not to say that large amount. Oh, we, we gigged and did you four guys, like, times a week. Tour bus, like, all over the place? We had uh, minivan bus behind the tour bus. I'm thinking we, almost famous. It's all I'm totally. picturing. Totally. Like, we went on tour with uh, Brett Michaels for the, for the Rock of Love tour. Oh, my God. Yeah, but we were, like, in the minivan behind. and like <laughs> we, He'd give us champagne and, like, strawberries in our little shitty room. But, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was definitely crazy experience wow yeah um that's amazing sorry uh and then so you ended up so after that were you just like okay I got it like did you want to go home like what did Um, you do I was doing okay yeah so basically one day I just I was I was living in LA trying to I quit the band I was in LA I was living in Manhattan Beach I was teaching yoga and like nannying a family and like trying to get auditions and stuff to to like get on people's albums so like you know people you can say I was trying to I recorded an album I found a producer I was doing all that kind of stuff it was expensive I didn't have the money I went on YouTube I tried to do a couple like music things it just wasn't working yeah and then my um, yoga studio were like so I think we're being audited and it's getting a little <laughs> awkward I'm like okay well thanks guys thanks. so I called my mom I was like 27 I think at the time I was like mom can I come home I felt like such a loser I was like Aww. I hit rock bottom music music's not happening like I need to go home so my mom was like of course come home honey I'll Aww. wait up for you because I had to drive I had oh, my car shit. with my guitar and my like stage clothes and like Aww. all the shit and I, I think I did L.A. to Vancouver in, like, 10 hours. I was going to say, it's that's wow, that's really good. That's, it, it was nuts. I just, like, sang at the top home. of my lungs the whole way home. Just I remember going through, like, you know, all the beautiful stops along the way. It's a beautiful drive. Nice. Yeah, I can wrong with that drive. But I got into Canada. I remember, like, crossing the border. Like, what do you say? Oh, I've been in a rock band for, a year, two, for yeah. almost two years. I'm yeah. just on my way home now. Are you like, bringing home any, like, goods or, like, alcohol? <laughs> I don't even know what was in my car. Like, you know, because I just shoved everything. I had a little bug. Yo. I drove it to Boston. Amazing. And then back home again. Gosh, it was, that car was with me forever. Anyway, so, yeah, I ended up back at home. And I remember I was going, when I was in L.A., in order for me to stay, I applied to the Art Institute of Los Angeles to do the web design program because websites were becoming huge and people were hiring me to make websites for them. And I was like, sure, I can do that. And nice. it was really hard. So I went. To, I was like, I'm going to go to this school. It was really expensive to go to that school. And my mom, like my parents were like, just... Uh, and, uh, so I said, I'm going to go to the Art Institute of Vancouver for like a dollar compared to this other school. Right. So I called the Art Institute of Vancouver, got in, did the web design program, and then they offered to give me my degree. Because they're oh. like, we see you have all these credits from Parsons. Uh-huh. They're like, do you want to be like one of our first graduates from the Art Institute of Vancouver? And I was like, thank you so sure. much. So I came home and told my parents, and not a word of a lie, my mom like spat her wine out of her mouth and goes, you're not graduating from the Art Institute of Vancouver, Marina. You're going back to New York. 
Oh and I was my like, I, I, how would I go back to New York? It's been like eight years. Yeah. And she's like, well, you can try by applying. So I was like, oh my gosh, really? Like, you'll support me and help me go back? And she's like, well, let's see what it costs first. Yeah. So I ended up applying and I got back in. Wow. I was the, like the last person that they let back into that school after that much of a break. And then they changed their whole curriculum. That, it was probably year. you that made them change it. They're Maybe. like, okay, we have yeah. to let this girl in. We'll take her money. And then, yeah, and then we're done. <laughs> and then that's yeah. it. We need the money because of this new lease we have. So yeah. we'll take the money. Yeah. <laughs> but so, and they let you pick up where you left off? Yeah. So they interviewed me and like wanted to make sure I still kind of knew what I was doing. And I had to like put together like a little portfolio. And I... I got the acceptance letter, so I was like, holy fuck. Plus, I'm living with my boyfriend, and I'm like, so honey, um... Oh, in Vancouver you were living with your boyfriend? Yeah. Oh, shit. I was like, I didn't... There's kind of something going on, and I think we went back to New York, and he's like, oh. What? But he was, like, stoked for me. Oh, that's And it was the best thing we ever did, because we had a year apart, and got married after that. Oh, nice. Because we realized we couldn't be without each other. Aw. Yeah, so... Yeah, so I went back to New York, and it was so trippy. Same Just like classroom. Wow. Now that building's knocked down. Wow. It was where um, Project One Way was filmed. Oh, no way. Mm-hmm. They were actually filming some of it, I remember, while we were there. Like, it was nuts. And you've lived, like, a life in between. A life. Being- and I was a totally different person. Oh, people go to school too young. I know. <laughs> they waste all psycho. this money, like, being insecure and, like, looking around and comparing themselves to other people and thinking that they have to be like this and have to be like that. And then you go back when you're, I was 30, I think, 29 or 30, 29, and I went back to New York and I was like... I know what I'm here for, people. Yeah. Get out the way. Get out you know? of my... Yeah, like, exactly. This is what I'm doing. And I went right into print. So it's like, I'm designing my own fabric. I'm doing a whole, like, sea life. I want it to be philanthropical. I want to give back to the ocean. I want to, like, use all my color palettes and paint watercolors. And boom, knocked it out of the ballpark. Wow. So you graduated from Parsons, ultimately? I graduated. And with what? The illustrations degree? Fashion design. Oh, fashion design. Okay. Which was terrifying because <laughs> I hadn't sewn in a long yeah, time yeah but it's like riding a bike yeah you know I'm I went sure. back I mean I had to do the powder making I had to do the draping but I was like I, I got this you know now. I got this yeah. this is survival you know yeah. and um yeah, I actually ended up getting a job right from graduation, and the job was in Toronto. Uh, I was going to ask you, like, mm. how did you know? So then, uh, so you moved here, obviously, for... I did. And what was the job? It was the print and pattern and textile designer for Joe Fresh. Oh, that's huge. It's amazing. Yeah, and this was at the time when Joe was, like, amazing. Like, it was in New York. Yeah. You know, it was everywhere. The supermodels, they did it right. And I was like, I want to work for that company. And my husband, boyfriend at the time, could not work in New York with me. So I was like, right. for the first time in my life, wanted to go back to Canada, which yeah. is totally bonkers. Yeah, because nobody... <laughs> I went to so many job interviews in New York and like, it was potentially going to happen. And uh, I was like, oh, something from Canada, please come up, but not be in Vancouver because I don't want to go back to Vancouver and work at Aritzia and Lululemon with all my high school friends. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I want something different. And I never lived in Toronto. And I was, my husband was from here. Brian's from Toronto. Oh, stop. I was going to ask. So he's not even from, so how'd you guys meet in Vancouver? Was he just like, he was out just there? randomly out there. Oh my God. And we met. And so I'm like, like so I was like, hey, I got a job at Joe Fresh. Do you want to move to Toronto? And he was like, yes. I've been why? And he like yeah. grew up here. He grew up so. here. Oh my God. He was that only in Vancouver. Literally for a couldn't years. be more yeah. perfect. It was perfect. Wow. So, and I got to, like, 
hang with his family and like learn all of the things and become even better brighter Canadian because living in both provinces I think they're like the core Montreal yeah you know there's so many more but Montreal is like I I yeah yeah, 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 totally (laughs) um but you know like I didn't know anything I'd be like hey guys I just moved to the east coast and they're like and people in Toronto are like it's not the east coast this is not the east coast (laughs) but you don't know (laughs) that but it's confusing because New York is is considered the east coast and we're so close to New York yeah but it's a lake and it's not the ocean exactly and, and I was confused we're like mid, we're like yeah, almost, like something. yeah. But um, yeah, so I came here again, super optimistic, and it was a really wonderful way for me to be new and start over and not have to be like, because in, in Vancouver it would have been harder for me just because, you know, I was at all the fashion shows, I was in the industry, and in Toronto no one knew me and I didn't know anyone and I didn't yeah, care. Yeah, and you could I just start came fresh. here to work. Yeah. I just came here to do my job and I really wanted to prove myself as a print and pattern designer. So I was super passionate about it, like maybe too passionate at times just because I was like emotional about some of like seeing my work on the model, on the supermodels Mm -hmm. um, in magazines and stuff. It was like, oh my God, this is so amazing, right? And Joe Mimran, who was Mr. Joe Fresh, was working at the office and he was like so inspiring and super cool. Nice. So oh, did you get to, to work, work alongside him? him? I got to work with him. Like, once a week, he would check out the print boards and approve stuff. And, you know, he was at the meetings, and he was great. Super nice guy. Amazing. I actually slowly kind of grew, because I started entry level. Like, right. They hired right. me, like, crap salary. Out of school. Yeah. I was like, I'll take it. I'm so excited. I got this. Yeah. And then within a year, I was, like, moved up and moved up and moved up until I was, like, managing the, the graphics team. And, oh, Nice. But, you know, it's a huge company. You don't get paid a ton. And I got an op, like someone knocked on my door and was like, hey, we saw your work. Like, do you want to come work for us? And I was like, I'm sorry, what now? Like, that's the paycheck? Okay. What And what company was that? It was called, um, you know, it doesn't matter. It okay, was like okay. a super lame company that I took the job for the money and then they were kind of not doing well. So it, it totally screwed me up and then played with my head. And then from there, I was like, you know what? This is okay. Like, I learned so much because I actually had to design the collections and go and sell them. Oh, gosh. So you were doing a lot of jobs to be receiving. So I was was earning my paycheck. Right. But I'd never gone and sold a collection. So I was like, this is amazing for me because I'm like, I need to do this. And it was easy when it's not your collection again because it's not personal. Yeah, you're not emotionally tied. Yeah. So that was amazing. It was only a year. And then from there, I went to... Another company. I went to like three or four companies. So I worked for a bunch of different companies until I found like the perfect job. So I was creative director, safe, secure, designing. It was like not really stressful. I had the paycheck I wanted. I lived the good life and I thought everything was perfect. And I knew in my heart that I had to do my own line. Mm. So it kind of happened by... I don't know, a different higher power, but I got into a massive car accident. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Were, you, were you like badly injured? I had a concussion. Um, I was in an ambulance. I went through some trauma. A guy ran a red light and smoked the front of my car. It was like totaled, brand new car. Oh, fuck. And um, it was just like a paradigm shift in my life because, I, you know, checklist, home, kids, job, everything's good. And then, boom, this happens, and you think your life's over, but then you realize, hmm, I actually love painting, and I actually love making fashion, so why not do it for myself? Wow. So it kind of took me 
you know, getting really hurt to to think life is so fucking short. Yeah. It's like, would I be happy in this job for 30 years? Like all the other people that have their blacks, they're like, oh, 30 years. 30 years, yeah. Here it is, I'm retiring. I'm like, no. Yeah. And I, it was so great for me to discover that and all the little jobs I had in Toronto that led up to this perfect job. And then just for me to know, wait a minute. So I entered the Toronto Artist Project in 2017, I think was the first year where I showcased my artwork because it's always been art and fashion. Okay. See, so that's where it's like I'm not just a fashion designer. Right. And I'm not just an artist. It's like my world like collided because I'm so passionate about sustainable, beautiful fabric. Nice. And my art. So I knew that I wanted to explore that. And I just basically started creating fabric and scarves and stuff with my paintings on them. And then one day I took one of the scarves and I folded it in half and I put my arms through it and I felt like I was wearing a magical cape. I just felt like this jolt of electricity. And I thought to myself, I'm like, this is what I want to make. I want to make these for every woman. I want to make a million of them. And that's how Art of Marina sort of created this line of kimonos. That's amazing. And that's like what you're doing currently. It's what I'm doing currently. And it's evolving. And it's becoming its own entity. That's awesome. So it's going to be launching a whole new line um, so, because Art of Marina, I want to be like personal, and I want it to be behind the scenes, and I want Art of Marina to be me, and right. then I want the kimonos to be their own brand. Right. So, I've still been, called Art of Marina. No. Will you? Do you know what you're going to be calling them? I do, but I don't, don't know if I want to share. Yeah, you don't Just have to. No yes, it's coming soon. It's coming okay. really soon. The name is locked in. Branding's done. You're um, already selling your kimonos, though. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so you they can... started. Actually, no one even knows I'm doing this. So this is the first place Perfect. you're going to hear it. So yes, the kimonos will have their own brand. Okay. So they'll be a separate entity from Art of Marina. The reason behind it is, is because I, what I love is I love the bespoke side of it. I like having a line that people can buy, the palm prints everyone loves, and they love the butterflies, and everything has its own meaning. But what I love is doing custom ones. Nice. And I love asking people, like, what if you had a magical cape, what would it look like? Mm -hmm. So I can make it for you, right? And it's like some people like to wear them if they're going through chemotherapy and they need to oh, feel yeah. special because I have a lot of magical kind of resonance behind the butterflies. And, you know, I have my quotes on the back of some of them, and people love to feel empowered, like girl power. And wear those ones but now I'm creating like a collaboration so I'm working with different artists and different people and I'm creating kimonos for them Ooh. so I want to put other people's artwork on them too yeah and that's what this new line will be it's Amazing. just a huge beautiful like sustainable ethical line of kimonos and scarves. Kimonos, I was going to say kimonos and scarves, right? Yeah. And that's those are that's the it. two signature things, right? And you that's probably, it. do you think you'll stray away from that or probably just stick to those because you hate the construction of well, like... Well, I mean, I, lo I love easy clothes. So I'm sure there'll be new, like we'll probably launch different bodies. Right now it's a very basic body and I love it because it fits everybody. Like nice. if it's plus size, tiny people, everybody in between. And everyone feels empowered in them. Like a lot of people say, oh, it's not for me, but thanks. I'm like, can I just see it on you? Because I'm <laughs> yeah. so curious what it would look like on you. Just, yeah. just try it on. And then they try it on. They're like, oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Oh, my gosh. And they freak out. I'm like, yeah. I told you. Plus, like, 
if you're ever going on vacation, like you need, you need something like that. Like mm-hmm. I am more of like a harder like streetwear like yes. type of person as well. But probably it's mostly influenced from where I live. To be honest, like I never really like 100%. it has like it's always fucking cold and like it's hard to wear. Them you're here. in the city, you know. Yeah. But like when I go, that is the number one thing that I always know that I'm lacking. Like when I go away on vacation and I'm mm-hmm. like going to the beach, I'm like I want to wear something there or just have something. Like I don't want to wear my towel, but like no, what do I? Like, you know, like you have, everyone needs something like that, whether it's for them or not. Like you, it's just like a necessary piece of clothing. I think it's, you know, what's so nuts about it is that it's a staple. It's, it became a trend and now it's a staple. Mm -hmm. What I don't like about it is that they're called kimonos because a kimono is a symbolic of something so sacred and beautiful and special. And I feel like we are butchering it by calling it kimonos. Why don't you change it? I did. Oh, and that's the so name. So the that new you can- line. Oh, yeah, the new line. I'm not gonna tell you yet. God damn it! I got so excited. I was I like, I don't, I don't have the, the tell website. Us. Up She's yet. Tell us. Okay, no, it's so, cool. Um, it's cool. The it. new line is a name. Okay, they will not be called kimonos. Nice. Thank you for lending us that word for a while, but no, they're not kimonos. There's something. There's a. There's an homage to it, but it's a new name, and they'll be like Kleenex is a tissue. I was literally you were in my head. I was just mm-hmm. gonna say, and hopefully it'll be like Kleenex. Like we'll yeah. just like because I have endless ideas of prints. And I have nice. a library of paintings. So for me, it's like I don't want to create tons of skirts that are from size 2 to size 12. Do you know how much craftsmanship that is? That's yeah. not me. Yeah. I just want these. Because if you take care of your kimono, it will last you your lifetime. Yeah. Lifetime. And, sure. and I think the world needs to have less. And like what I'm loving in the industry right now is people wearing the same dresses to the Oscars, mm-hmm. like Jane Fonda, you're a rock star. Like yeah. how friggin' cool is that? Like we need to do stuff like that more because like all these dresses that we have that, how many dresses in your closet do you have that you've only worn once? Yeah, like too many. Right? And it's, and, and I have a small closet, so like it's yeah. wasting so much space. Trust me, I just like did a purge. And Nothing. It was, it's overwhelming because you know, you want to use them, but I think these rental services are so great. What I'm trying to get to is when you have one of these kimonos, they're small like they hang in the closet super easily yeah the, so light you can pack them I have these little dust bags they come in you travel with them oh, nice. and if you take care of it it'll last you forever and they just make you feel good because you can wear them fancy you can wear them you know beachy and they're like a shield yeah all women kind of need that um you should love your body no matter what thank you birds papaya for all that you've done but it's still hard right it's still hard when you're like going to the beach and you want to look great or you want to wear those tiny little shorts and then you go sit at a restaurant uh, like outside and you have like the whole imprint sitting yeah (laughs) right so for me it's like when you have these long kimonos you you can still wear the little shorts and have like a little peekaboo effect of like what your body is still you have a little bit of curiosity to the mind and have that comfort yeah so for me that's why i feel like it's my uniform yeah um plus i think even women who are totally confident in their bodies it's like Sometimes you just want to be like, like, fuck off. Don't look at me. Like, I'm just like totally. tired. And like, this is my body for me to like, just be wrapped up in. Like, uh, and there's nothing <laughs> like, better go away. to ra- wrap your body in. <laughs> you know? Silk. Yeah. Yeah. Better. It feels amazing. And there's different silk. So I like, I'm my, my goal is to be as sustainable as I can. Nice. I have like a policy where you can bring your kimono back in if it's damaged. And I will make pillows and hair scrunchies and things out of the used oh. silk and you can get a new one. Um, there's, I'm exploring every aspect of sustainability and like different kinds of silks um, because there's so much controversy around mm-hmm. everything and it's so hard to please everybody. It is. 
and I'm doing my best and I'm trying my best. So your silks, they're hand painted by you and they can be completely washed. Yeah, Correct. you can throw it in a machine. And is there going to be, like, does that mean that every single one is completely unique, even if it's the same sort of, like, pattern or... So the original is hand-painted and all the collection is digitally printed. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So you, when you purchase it, it's it's um, from an original painting, okay. but it's a digital reproduction just because you can't um, wholesale something if you can't give them exactly what it is. Yes, that's true. And that's like a lot of like you, uh, one yeah. person painting. Yeah, it's not very commercial. I would still do one-offs here yeah. and there, and I love doing that, but... Um, I think the essence of making it uh, needs to be a business as well. A business, but still like with the ethical side in mind and keeping it, you know, original. There's no so one other thing I want to say about my kimonos is that they're they're engineered prints. So it means okay. each piece of silk is printed. It's not a bolt of okay. fabric that's okay. printed and then cut and sewn. When a bolt of fabric is cut and sewn, all those scraps are wasted. All that ink oh. is wasted. All that silk is wasted. So mine are engineered, which means they're printed to one piece and then sewn. There's really nothing cut, okay. nothing wasted. It's a, it's a, the most expensive way to digitally print. Yay. So it's really luxury from start to finish. Nice. And like the sewing is flawless. I didn't sew them. <laughs> I promise you that. Um, but everything, like, it's it's a, it's a work in progress, but it feels right, and it's taken a long time for me to figure out what I want to do. And I feel like because it, you've had a journey of figuring it out, like, I feel like there's going to be that much more of, like, your confidence and your, like, sort of life injected into them. Like, I've known nobody who has been like, yeah, my destiny in life is to... Uh, paint mm -hmm. resort wear like like which is amazing though because it's so specific a lot of people wouldn't push yeah. themselves to like I, I really commend you for trying something and then you're like mm, it's close but nope that's not it what's next and then this mm -hmm. okay no definitely not this this almost but not quite and mm -hmm. then you just kept going and then finally you're like okay no like this is where I want to live like in 100%. like there's no Thank you. in my opinion there's no other way to do life like why why would you, you're so young and you have all these years left like why would you do anything but what you would want to do you know oh for sure it's been it's been a, a, a miracle yeah. really because sometimes life throws you a huge brick and you're like what the fuck and then you realize oh okay and you're still figuring it out and I'm still healing from all the other shit I went through and it was right. not pretty um but I've become an advocate for the things that I went through. Mm -hmm. um, I've talked about this in previous podcasts and stuff, but I was pregnant when I was in the car accident. Oh, so that was like, you know, part of the checklist of life. It's like, oh, we're going to have a baby. And then, oh, no, we're not. So oh my God. all I wanted. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Honestly, I'm here to help other women that are going through shit with fertility, miscarriage. It's so terrifying and it's so scary. But what I realized was that, you know, Life is so beautiful and precious for every single like day we get to breathe and everything, every single thing we get to do. So live your life for you while you're while you're here. Do your passion, yeah. and you know, of course, I still want to be a mother and I still want to have children, and I will hundred mm -hmm. percent. But it's like, wait a minute, like maybe that's coming later because right now, what makes me feel so good is painting, mm -hmm. making kimonos, and teaching art classes. Yeah. So when I teach a paint workshop oh, nice. and have that connection with somebody and say, this isn't about painting a perfect palm leaf or a beautiful fashion illustration. Mm -hmm. This is about you letting go and seeing where the paint takes you. And I see these like 
crazy transformations in people and it oh it's like thank you universe yeah because that's what I did when I was healing I just went and taught a paint workshop wow and I feel like that's almost where you kind of started was like that like you're painting to like let go or let Let loose or like yeah some people go to the gym for six hours and like they're really fit and that's amazing it's like I lock myself in my little art room and I put on my tunes and I have my drink of choice and I paint and I like groove with it and it's amazing that's awesome I'm so thank you for telling like all of us that too I'm so sorry can I ask how many months you were when um I was like 10 weeks so I was pretty early still Um, though that's a horrible loss it was you know there's no like time it's like when you it 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 is what it is and it's just a blessing to know that I survived that car accident but um the trauma that I went through and the like the concussion and like the healing is all forced me to slow down yeah and to sort of search for that true happiness what makes me kind of you know feel good inside and I was on the couch for three months like I didn't talk to anybody I was off the social media I was just so depressed and yeah. one day I got up and I started painting butterflies and I swear like I painted the butter what the first butterfly and I was like oh my gosh like that just felt so good so I took like whatever emotion I was feeling that day and I would put it into the painting and I ended up painting these like nine butterflies that got me through my healing mm. and it was just so magical and I that's when I was like wow like these make me feel so good like that's what I need to do and it's just and now you're making a business. Okay. Yeah, now I'm making a business and I'm trying to it. like inspire people and let us know that there's such a powerful girl community of female entrepreneurs in mm-hmm. Toronto and they're a huge part of my healing. Nice. So I started I went to like one event and oh, like talk about cheerleaders. The world isn't like it used to be. I mean there's all kinds of people, but when you stick to the ones that make you feel good and and lift you up, they're not going to let you fall. Yeah. And that's what's amazing. And we're all unique and individual. What group uh, or like um, Toronto Business Babes. Oh, I don't know if I've heard of that so, one. So, oh yeah. You got to come to an event. Okay. I'll get you an invite to one. So Perfect. it's just, I was in, they, they asked me to come to this Business Babes event and I was like pretty, feeling pretty low that day. And I went and um, it kind of, you know, started this whole movement of my kimonos because I it was the first time I showcased them before I even oh, launched wow. them. And uh, I just like sold more in that one hour because I was only there for the shop part. And um, I got in my car and I'm like, "Holy fucking shit! Like, <laughs> I can't believe how many kimonos I just sold! Like that oh was that was like a trip. That was like a rush." And I was like, "I called my husband because I wasn't going to do this event because I just did the a different event the date like for a whole week before and I made no money and everyone was like, "Oh, those are expensive and like Ugh. like an asshole." And I was like, "I quit. Yeah, I fucking quit." Fuck you. Yeah. So I was in the car and I was like, called my husband and, I, and he's like, hello. I'm like, <laughs> and I just started crying Aww. and he's like, oh no, was it bad? And I'm like, it was so good. And he oh was like, God. really? And I'm like, honestly, I sold so many kimonos. I were good. And he was like, yay. Aww. So from there, it just sort of, I knew that. I started doing more events like that with the right people. Yeah. Because that's what you need to like really learn in fashion business is you know, there's different... Your audience is out there, but it's like people think that they need to find you. It's like you need to find your audience and double down on them. 
Yeah, and you need to stick with people who tell you that you got this. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, just get rid of them. Yeah. Because, like, there's too much negativity in the world that if you stick with positivity, you're, you're golden. It's so true. Yeah. Thank you so much for that unbelievable story. (laughs) Thanks so much for Um, having me. Yeah. Before I let you go, though, I have to ask about your favorite footwear, the sneakers that you bought Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I've been wearing Chucks since I was five years old. So I brought a pair of that. Yeah. I brought a pair. I like to hand paint them. So I put little daisies on this one. Cute. Yeah. Love them. And um, one major piece of advice you'd give to someone who's walking a similar path to yours. Oh, I would just say trust your journey because that's something I listen to from other people telling me, like, you got this, trust your journey, and you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Amazing. Um, thank you again so much. Thank you so uh, much, Heather. Hopefully everyone listening appreciated and loved uh, Marina's story. You guys can all go follow her on Instagram at Art of Marina. So it's A-R-T-O-F-M-A-R-I-N-A. Um, you guys can also follow the podcast at Coming Up In My Sneakers. And if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, please feel free to leave a five-star review if you like this podcast. Um, Otherwise, that's it. Have a great week, guys, and don't get caught wearing dirty sneakers. Bye.